This is the I Want to Play College Golf podcast. We talk to those who coached and those who have played college golf, so you can learn what it takes to be a college golfer. Are you ready to tee off? Let's go. Good evening. I'm Cameron, and I'm Angelina. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thank you. And can you state your name and your title? So my name is Bob Laskin, and I'm director of instruction at the Arroyo Tribuco Golf Club, and I'm also a golf instructor at the Big Canyon Country Club in Newport Beach. And for the first question, how did you get started with golf, and at which age? I started playing golf as soon as I could walk. I, I grew up on a golf course, and both my parents played golf. And so growing up on the golf course, it was always accessible, and it was just something that I did. I played other sports, and um, so I just always played golf. And then when I was nine years old, I took it more seriously and started playing competitive golf when I was nine. But always, you know, had a club in my hand and hitting it around just for fun. Oh, that's very cool. And when did you realize that you loved the game? You know, I think as soon as, uh, as soon as I, as I understood how challenging it was, you know, my sister, she played nine holes and shot 59 for nine holes. And then, uh, and I was nine. And so my parents were like, oh, that's so great. And I'm like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and then they go, you go do it. And I shot like 63, 64, 64. And I'm like, wait, what? How come I can't play better? And my dad's like, well, you should practice your short game. And then so I practiced my short game. And then I shot like 55. And then like a few months later, you know, I really started practicing my short game. And I understood, you know, the cause and effect of practicing versus not practicing, and, and I started like 47, and then I was hooked, and then I started playing tournaments at our club, and, and so that that's when I was really hooked on it, is when, you know, I started playing competitive golf, and then I understood, like, you know, the how challenging it was. It wasn't as easy as it, you know, looked when you, you know, took it more serious. Oh, that's very interesting. And during your junior years, you had a number of successes, such as the California State Junior Championship, California High School Championship, and National High School Individual Championship in Kentucky. So how'd you do so? So, you know, playing all those tournaments, well, the, the, the one that was the, the first big one was actually Junior World when I was 14. And, and then when I did that, then I kind of knew like, okay, maybe, so I played soccer also at that time. I played varsity soccer my freshman year in high school. So then when I won junior world, I was like, okay, well, maybe you should choose. Looks like your future, you know, you could get, you know, maybe play college golf. So that's kind of when I switched. And I, fortunately for me, I got injured playing soccer and I hurt my knee. And then that put me all in on golf. And then that next year I won the state high school championship and then I won the, my senior year I won the national high school championship in Kentucky and you know again just from kind of fortunately having 
the injury because I know a lot of kids it's difficult for them because they don't have to choose between a couple of sports and that's always difficult but you know having the injury it just wasn't a choice it, it just happened and it was a fortunate bad break for me though oh that's yeah. very interesting and do you have any favorite memories from that yeah I think I remember uh, there had a one stroke lead with like six holes to go in Kentucky and a there was a lightning storm, and and so we were called off or in a shelter. And I remember sitting in this shelter, and then mentally, you know, thinking, and this is a long time sitting in this shelter, thinking about leading by one stroke. And I just kind of went off by myself. And I had, you know, back in the old days, we didn't have uh, our phones, and you know. Ear, earbuds and all the stuff. So I had a Walkman with headphones, and I remember saying, "Okay, well, don't think about the turn. Just relax." And yeah, I just remember just like playing music and sitting by myself. And it was like forty-five minutes. Then, but I just remember, you know, all the other players talking, and uh, so I was just able to kind of just stay focused on and not, you know thinking about it too much and I said I think I, I remember just being in the in the rain and the storm and you know in Kentucky for that 45 minutes and then went out and I ended up playing by two so I played okay you know coming in but that, that was uh, that's probably one of my you know big memories of, of that whole event oh that's very cool and did you do any preparation to practice for those yeah, you know, I think you always you, you prep for all of the tournaments, but like in California, you don't have rain very often, you know, very often. And then one of the things is when it would rain, we would always go out and play. And uh, I tell my students that today, it's like, hey, it doesn't rain much. You know, when it rains, as long as it's not like you better go out there and play in that rain so you understand. Uh, you know, so fortunately, we just, we thought it was kind of fun to go play in the rain. And, but it ended up, I didn't really say, I, like, oh, I prepared for practicing the rain. Like, fortunately, we just, we liked playing in the rain. So, because it was fun and different. And then, uh, but having that experience, you know, I don't know if I would have won that tournament. Because oh, I had that experience. This is very interesting. And during your junior years, how did you practice? You know, I, I probably over-practiced. You know, I, I never thought like, oh, I'm so much better than everybody else or anything. I'm like, okay, I, I want to win, so I just want to make sure I outwork everybody. So, you know, I hit a lot of balls. Um, and then, you know, I played and practiced every day, and I would – practice before school and after school and then we had a net in our backyard and I would hit balls into the net at night. So, you know, I really, I would say, you know, I can't imagine anyone hit more balls or practice more than I did. And then, then that gave me the confidence like, hey, I, you know, you deserve this, you know, it's you worked hard. And so, you know, that was, you know, my routine was kind of all in, practice as much as you can. 
Oh, oh, that's very nice. And on your website, it says you got into UCLA. Did you get a golf scholarship there? Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And how was your experience there? Uh, it was great. You know, it was, uh, you know, my freshman year, we had a lot of good players. And I would say, you know, growing up, you play with a lot of good players. And uh, I was fortunate enough to play with uh, Eric and Meeks and his brother Aaron, like, every day after school. So, you know, we had that good competition on a daily basis. And I think we all pushed each other to be better. So then when I went to, you know, UCLA and then, you know, being around, you know, the top players, like the one guy who was our number one player, he was the number one player in the country, Duffy Wolberth. So kind of seeing, you know, when you go out and you play well and you shoot three, four under, and then someone shoots, you know, five under, you know, it's kind of a wake up call, like, okay, I need to get better, you know? So it was, it was fun though. So it definitely, made me better. We had a great coach, Eddie Marins, and he was, uh, you know, very inspirational. And then my senior year, we won the NCAA championship. And so that was a great, great, great experience. Oh, that's very nice. Good way to cap off of college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how and what steps did you take to get that scholarship? Well, all the work, you know, that I put in to win all those tournaments, mm -hmm. you know, it was it was studying hard, getting good grades, and then, you know, winning big tournaments. So, it was, you know, all the work to win the tournaments, you know, what it was, you know, my goal was to play for a top college. And, you know, UCLA, obviously, at the top of my list. And to play for Mr. Marins was, you know, a great honor. And uh, so, you know, it was just, it was just total, more the preparation for, you know, winning tournaments and then, you know, getting the good grades on top of it. Mm -hmm. Hard work pays off. And yes. when did college, the college coaches start like looking at you and recruiting you? You know, I remember when I won the LA City, Los Angeles City Championship when I was 15. And then I got a nice letter from Mr. Marins. And and I think that was the, the first time that I remember, you know, talking to a college coach. Oh, that's really cool. And what do you think made your, the college coach pick you? Well, I think my record, you know, my record was was pretty strong you know I had the most points for Southern California and then you know I won the award for player of the year Southern California and you know Southern California we had a lot of good players so it was pretty much my record mm -hmm. you know yeah. and, uh, I mean you know he also you know said you know your character and your family and, and, and those things and, and you know nice letters and he said it to my face and and, uh, and and he was a really first class guy. You know, we, we used to have to travel with coat and tie. We'd all wear gray slats and a white dress shirt and a dark blue tie and a dark blue blazer. And uh, so it was, uh, 
you know, it was a very, you know, proper group and, and, uh, and the way he ran, he ran that, I, I think, you know, it was a very respectful, you know, you're proud to be a part of that team. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds really nice. And you were an All-American at UCLA. What did you do to become one? You know, so I worked hard and performed well, and that was a lot of uh, mm-hmm. just pretty much hard work. You know, the hard, the hard work. Mm-hmm. Again, going into this term, it's not like I wanted to be an All-American. It's just... You want to win tournaments. You want to play well, and, and uh, so it was all of that combined. It's just a, you know that's the icing on the cake. Oh, okay. And what do you think um, college coaches look for in a player? You know, I think they obviously look at. Um, I think the best college coaches that I see, they want to see a continuous improvement mm-hmm. you know i think they don't want to see the player who's peaked and then they're on their downs where they want to see people who are continuously improving and kind of on the upward swing and you know not burnt out from over practicing or over tournaments i think they want to see somebody who's kind of fresh and upcoming but you also have to have a you know pretty high level of success but, you know, they're not guessing too much, but you know, I think there's a, a lot of coaches that I talk to or look at players, you know, they, they like to see that, you know, not over-played or over-practiced and, and they're on their upward swing. Yeah, they're, they're going to keep getting better. And I think independence is also a big thing because I think – you know, a lot of coaches worry that, hey, when this kid gets away from their parents, how are they going to react? And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the I've been teaching now for 27 years, and uh, I've never had one coach ask me, how's this kid swing? I, they, they always ask, what kind of kid is this? You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so oh. that, that kind of shows you, too, that they're, they're – they know they can play, but you know, what kind of kid are they getting? Oh, okay. That's that's very interesting. And you also turned professional, and you had 20 professional wins. That's amazing. What steps did you take to achieve those? Well, and I think that, that was, you know, continuously improving in my game and working hard. Uh, you know, pro golf is – it's so different because it's, you know, you're playing for money and, you know, to travel and stuff takes a lot of money. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, most of my success was, you know, on the mini tours in Southern California. So a lot of that was, you know, you're not getting on a plane and traveling and so you're driving in a tournament. And, and so, you know, I'd say, but yeah, that was good success on the mini tours, and I practiced hard. And it just goes to show you, you know, how hard it is to make it on the like PJ tour because you have to have all that hard work, but then you're gonna get a little bit of like like involved in there, and uh, you, you gotta hang in there for a while too. Mm-hmm. 
And sorry, just curious, um, how long did you spend on your short game? So I was pretty lucky that uh, <laughs> growing up in the back, in our backyard, it's just like my dad's first lesson, like, we'll go practice your short game, is that we had a green, our backyard was down to the golf course, and then on the other side of the fence was a practice green, and it was 35 yards away. So I would hit there so many times and then go practice, you know, the chipping. And so I, I would probably say in a day's time where I was practicing 10 hours with a round of golf in there, uh, I'd probably say I spent two hours, you know, on the short game. Oh. So probably one, one, one fifth of my time. Oh, then what did you spend your other time working on? So, I, so my chipping and short game, I would say two hours, and then putting an hour, and then hitting probably two or three hours, and then the rest of the time playing on the course. Oh, oh that's, that's very nice. And um, when you were a pro, did you ever face any challenges? Yeah, I, a, a few major challenges. <laughs> like when my parents in the early 90s, there was a big recession, and then they lost – they lost all their money, and it was, this, you know, they had a lot of buildings and property, and uh, they over-leveraged on this one building. So, kind of seeing my family go through financial trouble, that was hard. And then, you know, while I'm trying to make, you know, money and get on the PGA Tour, and then right after that, I got cancer in my leg, and then, uh, and that was tough. So, you know, I did have a couple obstacles there. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that was, that was kind of tough going from, you know, having money to not having money and stressing about that. And then I had cancer, I had a tumor in my leg and then they ended up, uh, having a couple surgeries and got it out. Oh, okay. and, uh, I'm, I'm here today. So it's <laughs> a good thing. So, but, uh, yeah, so I had, so I had, I had some struggles, <laughs> Oh, we're so happy to hear you're doing good. And when you're a pro, there's a lot of pressure. How did you manage to deal with it? You know, I think I always tried to prepare. And, you know, the, I, I got confidence. And I actually look forward to that pressure, you know. And so, because you know it's coming, and if you prepare, then it's enjoyable. You know, it's like, okay, this, this is fun, you know. So you enjoy the pressure, you enjoy the situation. If you're prepared, if you're not, it's it's horrible. But if you're, you know, that's the, you know, you get into the battle, coming down the stretch, chance to win. I mean, that was, that was exciting. You know, it was, it was what I kind of looked for, you know, so... The pressure was actually kind of some of the fun part of it, and then and then you learn okay how, how can I again it's a challenge, and then I, I did uh, 
I had a coach, Mac O'Grady, and then he told me to do yoga. And so when I did, and I thought I was in good shape because I was working out, you know, three times a week in the gym, running every day. And that's the one thing, uh, UCLA, you know, they had us running every day. And they said, you know, minimum 100 balls a day. But I was always like a, yeah, thousand ball. <laughs> you know, a day time, you know, so I, mean, I, I was like, I, like I said, I over practice. And, uh, but any, you know, just doing the yoga really helped me learn how to breathe and relax. And, and, and that really helped a lot under pressure. Because then when you felt the, you know, the blood pump and your blood was flowing a little bit, you know, smoother. Because when you do yoga, that opens up your blood vessels and, you know, it's easier to stay relaxed or calm in the big pressure situations. Oh, that's very interesting. This is the first time I've heard about it. Um, and you also won the Long Beach or Queen Mary Open in 1990. How did it feel? Yeah, that felt pretty good because, you know, like I said, my parents at the time were uh, going through financial trouble. And then I remember I was down to, I had, you know, no money. And then I had a credit card and it was uh, like $2,000 credit on it. And then my coach at the time knew what my struggle was. And then he was friends with Jim Nordstrom from Nordstrom Stores. Ooh. And uh, do you know what Nordstrom Stores are? Uh, yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> So, Mr. Nordstrom um, was going to sponsor me, and then oh. I sent him my resume, and then I had already signed up for three tournaments, and the entry fee was like $500 a tournament, and it was three tournaments, so it was 1500 and I rented a car for the three weeks, and, and then that was like another 300 so that was, I was all in, that was it, <laughs> and, you know, I was going to start working if that didn't go well. And then uh, the first time I, well, I talked to him, and then he says, well, hey, I'm going to sponsor you, so don't worry about anything. He goes, you know, I've got a friend who has a dealership. You can go you can get a car here, and uh, you know, and don't worry about these tournaments. I'll, I'll pay you back for them. And, and uh, he goes, but let's meet after this. And then so in those tournaments, I made the credit to make to the creek. I think I made like $2,000 and then the next week I won. I was in it, no, the next week I was, uh, I think I finished fourth in the state open. I made $7,000 and then I won the Queen Mary Open and I won 20000 So then, you know, I, I didn't need a sponsorship anymore, but it, it took the pressure off. I mean, definitely his phone call and saying, you know, hey, I'm going to take care of this. Don't worry about it. Versus, you know, mm -hmm. you just spent the money you had on this credit card. Was that would have been, I think, a lot of pressure. So, yeah, I went from having a lot of pressure to no pressure, and I, I think that really, that really helped. You know, and then so I was able to kind of sponsor myself to come to this year, which was great. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so cool. Uh, and now you're currently a successful golf coach. What's your coaching philosophy? 
you know, I think keep it simple and then just really making sure that people understand where they are in their swing and then where we, them, and myself, where we would like to have the swing, what positions, how, how to swing, at what speed, swing around the body, keep it as simple as possible. But it's, it's important for people to understand the mistakes they're making and then how to make the changes to improve their swing and then have a clear understanding of where their swing should be and how to get there. So you know, that's why I use a lot of video. And so I really want people to understand that it's not, oh, you put your right hand here. Okay, well, why does my right hand have to be in that position? And then, you know, I like using model swings of pros and, and you know, just certain fundamentals are universal. And, you know, men, women, you know, age. I mean, there's certain things that just you have to do. And, you know, certainly there's different flexibilities and heights. And, and uh, but, again, certain fundamentals, you know, I think that are, important and just getting people to understand that and trust that it, that that helps mm -hmm. that's some really great insight and obviously you coach a lot of successful professionals and amateurs what is the similarity that you see between all of them well everyone's trying to improve you know like so these ladies that i teach at this one country club both of them the last two years I've had the most improved ladies mm -hmm. like each each one of my a different student one most improved golfer of the year and you know and so seeing someone who shoots in the 120s and then they shoot in the 90s and how happy they are and that that's just a six you know it's just as satisfying seeing someone win the club championship or you know win a pro event you know so it's it's just, again, it goes back to just seeing people improve. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's just part of it. Oh, okay. That's good. And what mindset do all the professionals you teach have in common? Well, I think, you know, the professionals, it's hard not to look at the money or the money list. And I think that the goal on that is to just play the best golf you can at that moment. You know, so I think the, the, the thing they all have in common is they really all try to stay in the moment and focus on that shot at hand. And I think the professionals, they're professionals because they've done that successfully. And then they're able to just focus on that shot. And not think, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, make this to get into the U.S. Women's Open or to get in, you know, to keep my LPGA card or PGA Tour card or, you know, train a PGA Tour card, you know, whatever it is. Is like if you think about those things, that's the distraction. So I think, you know, the pros they understand that and and they're able to, you know, take one shot at a time better than the amateurs and, and other people. I think that's, you know, at least the successful ones. And then the ones who aren't as successful, they get, they get caught up in that. They're not playing one shot at a time. Mm, that's a very good insight. And you've coached 
two of your students who went to U.S. Junior. How did you manage to shape them to get to that level? You know, so there was, uh, you know, the kids who won the U.S. Junior, they were uh, you know, really good players. And then just getting them to you know, get their swings to where, under, again, under pressure, that swing would work. So that, like, less timing of the hands and, you know, letting them know that, hey, when you get to this, you know, level, if there was a flaw in their swing and telling them, hey, you got to get rid of that because under pressure, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and so being a player, I understand that. And, and then they trust me and that when it's successful, that really helps, you know, because then they could go out and play while under pressure and they're glad they made the change because they can see under pressure, oh man, now I get good shots. I don't have that, you know, slip hook or that block right or, you know, so just fixing fundamentally the things in the swing, I think that that really helps under, you know, big tournaments and then that helps you win the big tournaments because that's the most pressure. Hmm. Oh, okay. And, um, sorry, let me try to think. No rush. (laughs) Sorry, I have the question in my mind. Um, What what do you think they did in the um, their practice that helped them also be prepared for US Junior? Well, I would say, you know, both those people uh, you know, they played if they practiced hard, they practiced every part of their game. But I will also say kind of goes back to playing against better players. And a lot of their friends were really good golfers and they would have matches that kind of helped them. It, it's almost like a, a boxer. You, like, you have a good sparring partner mm-hmm. who, you know, helps you practice and, get you, and pushes you through. I know that they would, you know, play a lot of matches with their friends who are really good players. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. doing that really, really helped them oh. in the tournaments. Mm-hmm. And what do you work on with juniors to help improve their game? Well, you know, I like stats. So mm-hmm. when, you know, a player, you know, hits every fairway and then they want to work on their driver, you know, it's, it's almost pointless. But, um, you know, so I just make sure that, you know, they're working on the right things. And so if, you know, you're having too many putts, you know, let's work on the putting and if you're, you know, not hit enough greens, what why is that? You know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I like that's why I like stats and it helps them practice and focus on the things that they need to focus on. Mm-hmm. So you know, the weakest link needs the most attention. Mm-hmm. Stats definitely point that out. And do you recommend junior golfers to go through fitness training? Yeah, no question about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. why do you recommend it? Well, your body is your 15th club, you know, so you're using that. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, just like you said, my experience with, you know, playing soccer and, you know, 
being in shape, even better shape on my legs, I know that after soccer season, you know, I'd see my distance going down and then, you know, I'd think, well, why, why am I not hitting as far? You know, but at, right after soccer season, I was hitting it really far. And so, you know, I'd be like, hey, I got to keep strengthening my legs. Mm-hmm. So I saw the cause and effect of that. And then, you know, like our coach made us run a mile a day at UCLA. And then, uh, you know, my coach was one of the big fitness guys on tour. He's the guy who gave me the yoga book. You know, to do yoga, so I think that uh, I work, we work with uh, a fitness guy here, uh, Mike Hansen, mm-hmm. and so we work together. So I'll, I'll also send him videos of my students' lessons. Say, hey, you know, I think look at their shoulder turn. I'd like to see more shoulder turns, so you can work on flexibility over strength. And then, uh, so I think you know. The main thing is, you know, I said it's your 15th club, but it's also, you know, long-term, you don't want to be injured. You don't want to cause yourself injury. So if you're in better shape, you're going to have less injury too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a nice, that's why it's important. That's just to kind of work out, but, you know, with someone who knows what they're doing. So you're working your golf muscles and you're getting the right combination of flexibility and strength and, you know, you're doing the work properly. So, yeah, I've been a big proponent of that for my students to do that. And and, uh, and so the guy, Mike Hansen, he works with pros that I teach too. So it's, it's nice to work with someone like that where you've got a team effort. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for that. And at what age do you suggest juniors to start working out? Well, I mean, you know, if you're nine years old, ten years old, and you're swinging a club, you're doing an athletic motion. So, you know, the bad thing about that is, you know, golf tends to build you up on one side. So, you know, Mike Hansen, he, I always refer to him on this. He says, hey, you really shouldn't start lifting weights till you go through a big growth spurt. So, you know, when the kids really start growing, they can add some weights in. So, you know, 12, 13, 14. Um, you need to start lifting weights, but I think even just you know playing other sports or you know exercising to get the body to where it's symmetrical, so your your strength both sides of your back and muscles, you know, mm-hmm. you stay. It goes back to the same thing of, of the whole purpose of it is to stay, you know, where you're not getting you're not injuring yourself, you know, because. Again, if you're swinging hard and you're building up one side of your body, that's that's not great for your body long term. You know, so you, you want to make sure you do that. And I mean, there was a girl who I think she won an AJJ when she was 12. I think she had a petition to play, even. but she was shooting under bar when she was 11. Pearl Jin was her name, and uh, she got offered a full ride to USC when she was. 13, but by the time she was 16, she couldn't even really hold the club because she'd hit so many balls as a kid. She kind of hit down on it. She hit on a mat, so she really injured her wrist long-term. And so by the time she got to SC, she didn't even end up playing. So you you can can definitely overdo it. And, you know, I I just think that that's that's why you need, you know, good instruction and – 
and that fitness is, is for, you know, the injury side of things. So I've seen it, and it's not good. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. And what do you believe juniors should incorporate in their pre-shot routine? You know, so uh, I did an Instagram post on uh, Annika Thornton on her pre-shot routine. And but I think, you know, my favorite is uh, Vision 54. You know, they, that's Annika worked mm-hmm. with them too. And other students work with them. And so they've said, uh, yeah, it's like you're in an office and it's just you the ball and the target and so I think you know it's doing the same routine over and over however you want to choreograph that but just having so you you do one practice swing and it's just you the ball the target so you're sitting there and you're going okay I've got 147 yards it's a little bit uphill but 155 I'm gonna hit this club that far and you just 100% commit to that. You're in that office, which is like 10 feet around the ball, and you just do your same routine. You're going to be a lot more consistent if you, you know, mm-hmm. stick to that routine. Thank you so, so much. So everyone could be, can have a different routine, but the, the basics of it, of alignment, visualization, has got to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to do the same thing every time. Okay. Thank you so much for that. And do you believe juniors should work more on their short game or full swing? So I look at it as an hour of practice mm-hmm. is four quarters. So 15 minutes short game, 15 minutes putting, 15 minutes hitting. And then again, it goes back to the stats. The miscellaneous 15 minutes is whatever your weakest stat is. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're not putting well, you shouldn't just go putt for an hour. You should make sure you're the rest of your game stays in there. So, you know, make sure your rest of your game is staying updated, but then you just spend that extra time. So, you know, if that's a three-hour practice, the same ratio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for that insight. And how long should would you recommend them to practice for? You know, I think, you know, during school as much as you can, you know, you've got to get your good grades. And so, you know, the scheduling has to be, you know, it's, it's tight, you know, but uh, I definitely need, you know, some downtime in there because, you know, any, you know, socializing, you know, obviously during COVID, it's kind of upside down. But, you know, I think mm-hmm. having kids, you know, go to school dances and go to the movies and, you know, have time, I think. Yeah, that's important. But I think if you want to be good, you've got to be sacrificing some of that. And, you know, uh, I think as much as you can practice during the school time. And then in the summer, I think, you know, maybe, you know, having a, uh, you know, set schedule is good. But, you know, again, with a little time off you know, in between tournaments or, you know, how many tournaments in a row do you play? I think managing that, you know, that, that's, that's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think a school day, let's say you got home from school at three. I mean, people say, well, do your homework first, but it's not light, you know? So mm-hmm. you got to kind of use the light 
right now. It's New York at five, so yeah, get home, hit some balls, hit some chips, putt, maybe go play, you know, five, six holes. That'd be a good day. And then if you have a net at home or like a putting mat, then in between studying, you can like, putt for five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's it's all the little time, I think, that uh, kind of add up to. But I, I do think that there should be some social time in there. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for the information. And how how does it feel to be on Golf Digest magazine list of top California instructors? You know, it's kind of a good, um, well, it's, it's a great honor uh, because it's by your voting of your peers. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's kind of a, a nice thing. I, I don't know how those people think that, you know, I'm a good instructor. It's, it's kind of a hard thing, you know, because it's like, okay, this, do I just have the best students? Does that make me look better? You know, I mean, it's kind of a arbitrary, you know, thing. Or, yeah, how, how, do you, how do you choose that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's a, certainly an honor, but, you know, it's not what gets me up in the morning. And, you know, gets mm-hmm. me helping people out. It's like, you know, it's every, every golf lesson is like a math problem. You know, because you're trying to solve it. So I think it's it's interesting, and I enjoy it. And I like to think my students get better, and that's why I'm on there. But uh, you know, it's, it's all about you know making people play better golf. And it's you know whether it's win the women's U.S. Open or you know break a hundred for the first time or you know break ninety or eighty. You know, it's it's fun. It's you know being there and helping the people who want to get better at practice, I, I think it's fun. So I, I feel blessed that that's my job, something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very cool. And congratulations again. And what is your secret sauce of advice for golf and life in general? You know, I think it's important to enjoy the experience you know, whatever it is, if you're going through a struggle time, it's, you know, mm-hmm. just make sure you enjoy each day. I think, you know, battling cancer gave me a different perspective on life. You know, every day it's a, a gift and you just have to appreciate everything you have mm-hmm. and not look at the negatives and, and work through the negatives. I think that's it's kind of golf instruction. You know, you're, you're not going to always play well. Golf's a weird game that way. That you know, the top players only win a small percentage of the time. And I think you know, hard work you know, pays off, and always just do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that insight. And finally, we're coming to an end. What would you tell junior golfers and their parents? You know, I, I think it's. Uh, certainly a balance of, of life in there is that I would say, you know, make sure that you prepare well for tournaments and then, you know, don't I think people a lot of times people have higher expectations and want results but they're not really Maybe they're not willing to put in the time, but, but maybe they just don't understand how much time it takes to get those results. Mm-hmm. So I think having expectations, and I think, you know, uh, one guy asked me one time, he says, well, how, you know, 
how would you describe your job? And I said, I'm an expectations manager, <laughs> you know, because some people, they, they think they're not as good as they are, but other people think they're way better than they are. I'm like, what? what makes you think you're that good? What have you done to prove that? How have you put the work in? I mean, you may be talented, but if you're not, you know, putting in those hours per day, you're not going to get that result. But I guarantee you, if you put that, any getting people to understand, you know, the uh, mm -hmm. the time it takes to put in, and then and then also some people, you know, like you said, they just don't they'll hit too many balls and they won't do their short game. And then get telling people to keep your stats and then look at that that's one hour circle and make sure that you know, many people tend to hit too many balls and not practice their short game and putting enough. And then, you know, some people, you know, who don't hit the ball well, I think you're working this way. Yes. You need to put in that extra time, but they can't neglect the short game and the other parts of the game. So I think just getting people to really understand how it has to be a balanced practice and then a balanced life. I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's kind of part of my job. And I think, you know, to ultimately it's got to be fun because the kids love it. You know, one of the things, one of the sports psychologists that work at our club said that the characteristics of Olympic gold medal athletes was you think, oh, they've focused on that one sport their whole life, but actually they were exposed to many sports at a young age and played many sports and then the sports that they love the most, that's what they end up playing. So you have to have a passion for the game. You can't just create it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, you know, that's important too. You see a lot of kids who just, you know, the parents are pushing them into it. Mm -hmm. They're not that into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's a great piece of information. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for doing this interview. If we have any more questions, is it okay to shoot you a text or an email? Absolutely. Anytime. And we're going to write the chapter text, with... Text is always best. Okay. My, mm -hmm. my email is attention. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be writing the chapter within the next three weeks. So when we're done, we're going to email you a copy or text you it for approval. And okay, is great. Is there anything else you would like to add to the interview? Um, I just, you know, I appreciate you, you know, uh, calling me and asking this. And, and your coach, Eric, is a, uh, he's a great friend, but, you know, he's also such a great guy. And, you know, how he shares his experience and, you know, like I said, how he helps out people. And I just think it's, it's just, it makes me happy that he's helping that people like yourself get better golf and understand golf and love golf because he loves golf. We love golf, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's our life. You know, it's like, you know, we teach golf, but then we get together and we talk golf. You know, we go fishing. We, you know, we're on a fishing trip and we're listening to the U.S. Open. You know, the, mm -hmm. the guy who's you know, the, the captain of the ship is like, you guys are a bunch of losers listening to golf. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... I'm just glad that you know you choose this as, as your thing, and and so you know obviously you've got some you you felt that passion from Eric, and uh, so I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, right. Eric You're is welcome. such a great person. Thank you yes. for coming again tonight. All right.
right, you're welcome. Yep, and have a nice day. Yeah, have a good night. Have a good good night. Bye. Right, good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening today. Please share this with a friend and subscribe to be sure you get our next episode. Hope your next round is your best round.